serve it up to the whiskey run dry. And welcome, everybody, to the Lunacy Podcast. My name is Tony. I'm here with Dave and Connor. Dave Stevens, Connor Ennis. I am Tony Fabranzi. David Sterling is not with us today because we are, well, not live, but recording this at Heavy Rotation Brewing Company in lovely Brooklyn Park, Minnesota. Um, guys, it's a beautiful day outside. We are here outside, and we want to thank Heavy Rotation again for letting us come out. Um, David... Uh, if you guys uh, know this, David has been, uh, of course, suspended from the podcast for not coming on. But we did get a notification that he is coming back, and we're going to reintegrate him gradually, just like somebody that uh, used to be on the loons and is coming back. A little guy named Renoso. I'd say David's reintegration process. It, it may take some time. It yeah. may take, take some time. Like, Maybe even harder than Ray. Maybe a month or two. I mean, has he missed the last three podcasts we do convention? I'd say at least. Yeah, this is his third podcast, uh, missing suspension. So he's uh he's uh he's coming back, but We're give uh, the honorary red card, I think. Yeah, give him a red card. Yeah. So, um, guys, I spent uh, this weekend watching my daughter play in a tournament. Uh, they did not. Uh, well, they won two games. They lost one game. And just so, right around the corner from Zebby Bird Yeah, right? right down here at Noble. Well, they were at Noble Park. Okay. Um, which is right, yeah, it's right over here. And then today they were over at uh, Zane Sports Park, which is right by the high school, I believe. So I was yeah. really curious. That was going to be one of my first questions to you, Tony, because uh, I saw you during training on Friday evening. Yeah, you right. and your daughter, and uh, yeah. I tried to help. Uh, you know, she actually did one of those passes today, Dave. Really very proud of her. Very proud of her. Yeah, I had to step in and kind of act uh, as uh, like a pseudo defender just to. You know, make the drill a little more chill. Wow, yeah. there you go. Yeah. Yep. So, um, yeah, we have a little bit of a crowd here. Uh, we have uh, Sam from the uh, Pounding Moons is here. We got Blake, listener Blake is here. Uh, my friend uh, Tammy from work, who was just here to like drink, pretty much. Uh, she doesn't give a shit about the podcast at all. She is, is here to drink. So, and she lives right down the street, so it's no big deal. Um, anyways, guys. We are at, again, Heavy Rotation, and Heavy Rotation, as I said on the pocket before, has a video game arcade machine, and they have pull tabs. So right now, for the first time on this podcast, we are going to pull pull tabs. So, uh, I'll go first. Now, these are dollar pull tabs. We'll see what I get here. Got nothing. All right. Five, right? One out of five. Yeah. See what else I can get here. Got nothing. See, got two more to go. Got nothing. Yep. I think we're going to be losers today, guys. Nothing. Last one for me. And a big Zippo. Big Zippo? Well, right. Tony, that, that, that's really disappointing, especially after what happened to us on Friday night up in Boondock. We got yeah. skunked there, too. We did get skunked up there. Oh, man. man. Yeah. So, uh, why don't you go ahead, Connor, pull some pull tabs. Uh, let's give it a try. And, uh, like, uh, like here. It's all right. Number one. Nothing. Nothing. There you go. Number two. Nothing. Nothing. Well, here comes number three. It's not third time lucky. Jeez, we suck today. Dave, why don't you start ripping some of yours? Yeah, I was going to say. Or, there you go. Nothing. Here I go. Here I go. I'm due. I'm due. Nothing. 
And I got almost another big Zippo. Wow. This is terrible. I thought for sure we at least win one or two. You'd think for the first time. Maybe a dollar. A pod, no. But, I mean, no, of course not. Mm. So anyways, as Dave's pulling these, um, Connor, you had something very important going on yesterday. Yes, I did. Um, so as uh, if, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know I graduated college uh, about six weeks ago, six, seven weeks ago uh, with my degree in marketing. And yesterday it was the ceremony at Roy Wilkins Auditorium. And uh, I was kind of on the fence for a while about walking across the stage or not walking across the stage. And I decided to do it. And I definitely am glad that I did because it was a nice little staple or... Uh, so let's say um, a little cer- ceremonial shutting of the door, I suppose, of that chapter of my life. Yep. Um, got to walk across the stage. My wife and my son and my dad and stepmom were all there. Um, and uh, we got to, and then we went back home and grilled some kebabs. Laura marinated a bunch of meats and and put some peppers on it and... I got to see my buddies Jack and uh, John for the first time in a little while. Uh, nice. John was back in town for just a couple of days before heading out of town again. So, thank you, John, and his, his dad Bob. I can't forget Bob. Bob has the most. If you have, if you guys ever meet Bob, whenever you come over, my, over to my house, he has the most incredible stories oh, to that, tell. You. Oh, good. Yeah, good to know. But it was a great day. Uh, a little bit rainy, but it held off for the most part. So, yeah, that's that happened yesterday. It was awesome. Well, congratulations once again, Connor, for uh, graduating. Well, thank um, you. You know, now you can uh, move on from this podcast and do something else. You know, <laughs> I'll do marketing for this podcast. I would sure, sure. Yeah, that yeah. Marketing is going to definitely yeah. open. Maybe like eighty grand a year, though. We don't have that kind of money. <laughs> no we'll money wants on. We'll work. Yeah, Maybe we can get some angel. I can write So, of course, guys, we're at uh, heavy rotation, uh, and we're drinking their beers. I mean, why wouldn't we be drinking their beers? And so we've got a couple here. I'll go first. I got the uh, Maybach, I believe. It's the their spring ale. I think it is what it is, Dave. Yeah, it's just I'm not. Yeah, it would technically be a, a German spring lager. Okay, spring lager. Okay, seven percent ABV. So yeah, it's might good. Be that. It's good. I'll notice that in a little bit. But uh, yeah, it's a good beer. Uh, like I said, Heavy Rotation has some great beers here, guys, and they're rotating. They are a. Um, you call them the Nano. Is it a nano brewery, I believe? I think so. I, that Ken would probably be able to correct that. Exactly how they call it. But hence the name, Heavy Rotation. Yeah. They've got a great theme in here, of course, with records, vinyl, hanging up on the wall. Yep. And that, that's, that's what some kind of logos looks like. But they do indeed have a heavy rotation of beers. And it's one yep. of the things I love. It's just it's quickly turning into one of my favorite breweries, at least local breweries, because this is close to both of our workplaces. Yep. Pretty close to my house. You come in, it's what's great. You come in here out there, you come in here once a week, maybe not once a week, but it's in here once a week, maybe once a month, I should say. You're yeah. going to see significant changes in yeah. what they offer. Now, they have kind of their core, you know, they'll have three meals, they'll have maybe salads or like the, the loggers that they do, but they rotate heavily. And so they'll have different names with the same kind of pages. Does that make sense? Yeah, exactly. That's, that's what they're known for. Heavy rotation, of course, is. Rotating heavily. So, uh, Dave, what are you drinking? I've got, I'm happy to say, I got one of their 
award-winning ales, uh, just from the, we talked about it just on the last podcast, I believe it was the last, Minnesota Craft Brewers Association or Guild. Yeah. Um, but I went with their Farmer Franks, and that, of course, Tony, is one of your favorites. I yes, it is. Yes. The uh, cream ale. Yes. And uh, there's a reason it's award-winning, because it is just fantastic. So, I, knowing that we were going to come here, it was hard for me not to pick pick that one to try it yeah. based on the pot. Yeah, indeed, one of my favorites, too. It is, they describe it as crushable. It's extremely refreshing. Um, great corns. And then, yeah, third place in the Minnesota Craft Brewers Guild. So, really nice. good, really smooth, really easy drinking, especially where we are sitting out on the patio. Yeah. 70 degree weather here in May. So, yeah, it's, it's fantastic out here. Yeah. Uh, I just want to note, uh, mention, guys, that uh, you might hear some bingo calling going on in the background here in about. Uh, Maybe 10, 15 minutes because it's purse bingo day here at Heavy Rotation. Oh, no way, really? I've so, never played purse bingo. Are they literally giving away purses? That- yeah, it's 40 bucks. Okay. I think it's 40 bucks for a, a card and then they give away purses. Really? So, yeah. Maybe you want to join in, get something for your wife? No, my wife doesn't like purses. No, it doesn't like hot dog. She's not a purse. She likes something <laughs> a little smaller. <laughs> All right. Uh, Connor, what do you got you're drinking now? Uh, I have got. Something called, it's a mosaic hazy ICA called the Mad Villain. Uh, it's hazy, soft, and juicy, and it's made from 100% mosaic hops. Um, and it's, it's good. It's, it's a little bit more juicy than I usually go for. As you guys can see, it's a, it's a very, very lightly colored IPA. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's got the hoppiness that I look for. Not very dank and not very dry, but I mean, I, I do, do not. Uh, as you know, I I love my IPAs no matter where they come from, unless they're. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, the line for becoming too juicy for me is pretty high. So it's uh, I just, but it's a, well, it's awesome. I I really love it. Good, good deal. That's six point six, by the way. Six point six, not bad. Um, before we get into game, the game from last night, guys, which of course was another late game. Uh, we need to talk about the big elephant in the room, and that is the announcement that. Uh, Emmanuel Reynoso coming back to this team. That's right. Now, I've seen some things on social media that I don't agree with about Ray. Uh, there were a couple people on social media, I won't name names, but are saying, well, are you going to let this guy back after he the pistol-whipping thing and all that bullshit? I said, I don't think that was why he was down there. Although Andy Greeter did put something on the fa- on Twitter, the fact that he was scared to come back because of that whole situation. I I, I do believe it was more to do with some family situations, and um, and I think that was that. I, I think there was some some things going on with him and his girlfriend or wife and their kid and stuff like that. So, yeah. you know, um, am I going to be happy when he's back? Absolutely. Uh, does he have to have a lot to prove to this team before he gets back on the pitch? <laughs> Absolutely. I think there's a lot of guys on this team who probably are not happy with what happened. Yeah. And are a little pissed off that he's going to come back and try to reintegrate. And I think there's going to be some, uh, a little bit of uh, contention in the ranks. There. I think there definitely will. And, and that's why I thought the, the official statement from the club that came out just yesterday, hours before the match, I if it was worded a little odd, you know, using the terms reintegration to the team. Of course, he, as we talk, he's still suspended. He, of course, he was suspended for being away from the team during training. Yes. Of course, now he's back with the team, so I would assume that that suspension could end any time, 
but clearly it's going to take him some time because it wasn't, you know, there was frustration from his teammates almost publicly. You can yes. tell like yeah. players like Franco, Frankopane, they were really, really frustrated. You know, they didn't, they weren't so negative, but if you read between the lines and what they were saying, you can tell there's a lot of frustration. And you know, inside that locker room, or at least we can assume inside that locker room, there's going to be a lot, you know, there was a lot of resentment you know, this year, you know, just basically feeling like Ray kind of left, you know, his teammates out to drive. But, um, and, you know, and he was, Tony, you, you mentioned it, you know, unfortunately, he had a lot of things going on. His family, he, and I'm not going to make light of the fact of, you know, that he does have an, a potentially impeding, impending legal situation coming up. And I think that's what Reader said is, is, is he is, he, he had that in the back of his mind. He's like, oh, am I going to have to go to trial? Maybe I'd rather be in Argentina, close to my family wide, deal with those kind of issues. But the fact is, it's impending. It's not not eminent, at least that we know of. He's here. Um, so. But I, I don't like I don't I don't like the fact that there's some people, again, guilty till proven innocent. That bullshit. I don't right. like that. Right. Yeah. I, you know what? It, we don't know exactly what happened, and right. and trying to assume that this is what happened. It's like, let things play out. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. If, you know, if he ends up guilty in a court of law in Argentina, well, then that's just something that, that he and the team will have to deal with at that point. But until he's proven guilty, let's, you know, we're going to have to let it be. He's back here. He gives, you know, one of his comments that I think, yeah, credit to Andy Greeter for pointing out is that, you know, I think he did finally reach out to the club and express remorse for or his absence, basically. So I think maybe he had some time to think about it. You know, maybe he just wanted to wait for the snow to melt in Minnesota. I don't know. Just kidding, of course. But yeah, it's going to be a long road. I mean, they said, you know, they said for we saw earlier reports that he was maybe training with his local club. But I mean, just to get up to match fitness, it's going to be a struggle. Um, and so I don't know when the first time we, we're going to see him play 90 minutes in a game for Minnesota, but you would have to assume that it's at least a month, maybe closer to two months out. We might even not even see him until the league's coming, I would say. It's, uh, that, 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 that's yeah. really popular. So, but I mean, I think I don't, I get sometimes like, you know, I, here's the thing for me, like say what you, I, I want to ignore, I'm not ignoring it, but we're going to set aside his legal issues for now. Uh, when we look from on the pitch, I don't yeah. think there's any argument that, you know, you can say one thing about, like, I know earlier this year when things were going well and they start the season with their five match on Beaton Street, um, you know, there was so-called good vibes in the locker room. And I don't doubt that one second. And, yeah. you know, people were thinking, we don't need Ray. He's just going to ruin the locker room vibes. Well, maybe, maybe not. We'll have to see. But the fact is, this is a different club with him on the pitch. The numbers don't lie. Um, you know, going back... Since August 31st of last year, Minnesota's played in 16 games, and they have 12 goals scored in those 16 games prior to last night's game. Right. And, and we, I think we pointed out during the preseason, the numbers as far as goals and assists when Ray is on the field, it's a huge difference. And now, look, you've got a club that's struggling to score goals. So, I mean, I think, I think hopefully everybody can do a job of, of welcoming back and maybe you know, making this reintegration process easier for him. But it's going to be a long, it's going to be a while. It's not going to happen overnight. Right. Right. Um, so that's the big, that's the big news out of uh, the loons right now is the race situation. Let's talk about last night's game, guys, because, uh, well, it wasn't, uh, let's put it this way. 
It was a game. Yeah. We played it. Yeah. Um, there was there was some mistakes made. Uh, I will say that uh, our, our friend, David, gave us a little bit of a... Uh, I'm just going to read his thoughts from last night's game, guys, and we'll get into it. Uh, he thought it was a good game offensively, looked at times to have it together. Our passing was good, good for progression and some nice key passes. Trap played well in attack for me as well, but his one huge mistake, which we know about, Led to the uh, goal number one. Disappointing for Luis. I thought he was looking good before his injury, and I think he may have gotten better as the game went on. I see Zhang get a goal and also see two goals on the board. Defensively, we're just not playing well. Saw lots of gaps. We failed to tackle. DSC could have done better on goal number one. Felt he could have pushed White further wide, but ultimately, such a bad giveaway was going to be hard to defend. Set pieces are so bad for us on those second and third tries. Not sure what needs to be done in training to get over the hump. Horrible giveaway from the load on goal number three. Nothing the defense could do. So, I think he, I think David has a lot of great things to talk about. Um, we go into this match, guys, uh, with the formation. Lud is playing in, uh, in the midfield. He moved back to the midfield. Yeah, yeah he mentioned the defensive mid. Which, uh, you know, uh, which is crazy because. Well, I guess he can play anywhere, like according to well, according to Adrian Heath, he can play anywhere. I think you know, just going back to last week. I mean, yeah. So I basically he did that, and maybe it, we were kind of asking for it. I know a lot of fans were asking for the return of Franco to the starting lineup, and so he did. Yeah, on the left, of course, and then I moved Bongi the long way over to the right, the right wing, and then of course we still had Sang Bin in the ten spot to start the game, and Luis up top. I, yeah. I, I, I so. It's maybe not exactly what we were asking for. I think we were maybe expecting to see Bongi maybe off the bench as a, a high energy sure, sure, late sure. substitution. But it was nice to see Namaria get another chance after he, you know, he put in his work last week, obviously had a couple, you know, unfortunately his final his final finishing touches were, were lacking last week. Yeah. It was nice to see him get another chance. And I guess I was thinking about this. I mean, you know, I think at this point he just doesn't want to take Bongi off the pitch and Probably because he has a, you know, he's out there working really hard. Um, unfortunately, he he's suffering from his finishing as well. But you know, I I was surprised by this. But did you realize that uh, Bongi lead going into the game last night? Bongi leads the team with ten shots on goal. Yeah, and no other player for the Loons has more yeah. than four. So right. basically, Minnesota is one of two teams without multiple five players. Or, Multiple five shots on goal by multiple players, I should say. So, I mean, there's a reason he's out there. Um, he's just got to finish like the rest of them. So, yeah, inter interesting. But it still feels like he yeah. is, you know, trying to, week after week after week, he's tinkering with the lineup, trying to find out what would work. Right. I don't know. Looking at this lineup, I, I was pretty okay with it, you know, knowing what we know. And, you know, bottom line, until there's significant injuries, which we'll talk about later, I think Keith is... His formation is four two three one, and as much as people and fans, especially were like, just leave for a change. I just don't think we're going to see it, yeah. barring significant injuries of rotation. Well, and that we're going to. I mean, with Ray coming back, he's not going to change it now. No, I mean that's that's the deal, right? I mean, Ray's coming back, so our so he's going to center his. Our ten is going to be there, and that's that. And yeah, and you know what? And now I was just going to say, yeah, that's two months out, but potentially at least a month, right before we see him play significant time, at least, but. You know, but now that Heath knows Ray's coming back, yeah, he'll probably stick with the four-two-three-one because yeah. he knows eventually that's what he's going to be going with. So, yeah, and he'll center everything around everything around Ray, 
uh, because that's what he knows. And right. well, so um, I guess I don't disagree with that uh, just because you want to get uh, Ray integrated more comfortably into the team. Um, I think that's all I want to say about that right now. It's uh, there's I don't disagree, but I think it could be done a little bit better. Yeah, we uh, during this game, guys, at the beginning of this game, I, I watched the first part of this game. I was awake. Um, I will say that in the second half, I did fall asleep a couple times and woke back up. Uh, but oh, I can, uh, I'll be happy to fill in the gap yeah. for you. Connor, did you make it through the whole game? I did not. I had been up since probably like 6 a.m. That right. day. So yeah, you had a long day. I, I had a long day. And so I fell asleep probably about 15 minutes before it did that. Yeah. So I, I can fill in the gaps. I mean, I guess Tony, I'll start, you know, maybe with. I did see the highlights. Well, the first, let's start with the first goal by Vancouver because that was the, the giveaway by Will Trap. Yeah. That was a really bad, like, it just. Poor footwork on Will Trapp's part. It was. It, it was. And I, I, unfortunately, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I, I know David, uh, you know, mentioned that Trapp played well in attack. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's an opinion. And, and, and certainly he was involved because I will say, I, but to me, that I, I don't know. I could argue that this is one of Trapp's worst ins, but it's, it'd be, I'm not going to get into that because David's not here to defend his position, but it's interesting. Point being, yeah. Whether he had an overall good game or not, that that moment was just inexcusable. And you know, I think basically Keith ended up calling it comical, schoolboy yeah. type of stuff, or which is what he yard. He called all of the defensive lapses yeah. yesterday. Absolutely, yeah, terrible. I mean, the three goals were basically yeah, inexcusable, comical, laughable, and that one was yeah, it was Lon passing the ball over to. Trap and yeah, just a horrible misplay, mistouch yeah. on that pass. Mm-hmm. You know, sprung. Oh, I mean, it was Kubas. open, got the ball to Brian White, and then yeah, I mean, and again, I don't want to, I don't want to push back too much against David, but I mean, to say Dane St. Clair could have done better, right. yeah, maybe, but that's a tough goal to defend. You got to streak from Brian White, and yeah. it's. When you're one on one like that, it, it's there's not a lot you can do no, in those situations. It's almost it's almost more difficult to defend than a than a penalty kick in my opinion in some cases. So I'm not gonna put that one on Dane. Uh, I just no. won't. But uh, you you put it on trap. It was just inexcusable. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just we we haven't been used to seeing those kind of mistakes out of the well. I guess we've seen some midfield issues, but the midfield have been playing well, especially with Dotson and Trap. Um, yeah. So that's why I was a little bit. I kind of had to raise my eyebrow. Not, not. We know Robin Lude can play in the midfield. Yeah, fine. Yeah. But it just didn't seem like that combination is working uh, throughout yeah. the game. And, I, you know, it's funny. I saw a lot of those types of uh, bad footwork today at uh, my daughter's game. That's the type of. Oh yeah. I was watching these girls play. I'm like, it's like deja vu. It's like Will Trap out there. What the heck's going on? <laughs> yeah. But uh, again, guys, that's it's it's one of those situations where you've done so well defensively, and I. And I David said our defense is poor right now. Well, last night our defense was very poor. But I will say the the previous how many games our defenses looked well. I mean, it looked really good. Last night was a lapse. Yeah. You know? And when well, I wouldn't even put it on our No, defense, I was just to be honest. Mid- I think it's the defensive midfield that that was mainly yeah. at fault. Yes. Yeah, Connor, I, I totally agree. Um, that that yeah, I don't I I'm not gonna put this on on the on the defense at all. In fact, Michael Boxel 
Um, and Michael, Mickey Tapius had some really good play, um, I thought, throughout a good part of this game. And so, yeah, I, I, I hate to... Yeah, you look at the box score and you see three goals given up. But, yeah, it's not, in my opinion, as simple as saying, oh, the back line had a bad game. I don't, I don't think they did. I really don't. Uh, like I said earlier, you might hear some uh, bingo numbers called in the background because it is purse bingo once again. So um, if you have a bingo card and you want to play along, feel free to play along during the podcast. <laughs> that purse will be matched. You can always reiterate your numbers if you didn't hear. If you get a bingo, we'll send you a purse. No, we will not send you a purse. But uh, this game leading up to that goal, basically, uh, I, I guess you'd call it an entertaining game. For me, watching the first 10 minutes, it looked like the Loons came out to play. Instead of playing, you know, their usual high block, you saw some high press. Yep. It was looking promising in the first five, 10 minutes. It really was. And of course, Vancouver is a place where Minnesota has had some success. Yeah, yes, we have. Yes, we have. Um, and so I think they probably had some confidence, you know, even though they have to go up there and play on that turf. Uh, the old Metrodome. I always like talking yeah. about BC Place because it's the old Metro. If you look at, and I did, I think we did last year, the year before. If you look at, it looks totally different now. But if you, that BC Place, as it was called now, was built. Back in 1983, it basically it opened back in 1883. Oh, so the it opened a year after the Metrodome. Oh, oh that's, 80, that's right. So if you go back and Google pictures of DC Place yep. when it opened, other than the back city being a different background, it almost looks like a complete copy of the Metrodome. It's yeah. crazy, especially yeah. though, the the tarp, the, the faggy, it looks almost like the BC All Place, right. of course, is also going to be used in the 2026 World Cup when it comes around. Yeah, which is crazy, yeah. by the way. I mean, they're using a stadium from 1983. Yeah. I mean, come but, on. But it has been heavily renovated. I think the first major renovation was like 2009. Okay. And then again in 2012 or 2013. It actually has a, a semi-retractable roof. Do they? Um, do you think they have the troughs in the guy's bathroom like the Metrodome did? I've never been in it, but... <laughs> I, I tell you, I was uh, probably four years ago now, I was working up in Vancouver air, in the area, and I stayed right across the street from it. My oh. hotel room looked right down. I'm like, what is that? Because it, nowadays, it, you wouldn't at least from the outside, you wouldn't look at it and say, oh, that's a metrodome. No, it looked totally different. I, I, I was unsure at the time until I looked it up, you know, who even played there. That's just a bigger reading. But I digress. Anyway, digress. the game. But prior to that goal, Vancouver – the state, this, it really flipped. The game really flipped, I thought. Vancouver was real, would look the much more dangerous team throughout the rest of that first half. And so, to me, yeah, to give up a goal like that, was it, it's just a backbreaker because Vancouver did seem to take over control of that game. And, uh, yeah, to get on the board, it was rough. It's off now. No, it's not on. It's not on? No, no, it's on. Yeah, we're throw up. Throw it up. I can keep talking about BC Place. I'm worried that, that everything I just said is not has not been recorded. Now. Okay. And well, you know, no, you got to put your mic on. Yeah, but I think my mic, I haven't switched fully with the switches at all, so I don't know what's. Well, we've been hearing you. You've been hearing me. Yeah, we're good. All right. All right. It'd be it'd be really rough not to have Connor. Yeah. Well, talk talk right now without me talking. All right. What's up, guys? You guys. Uh, I, okay. So, um, yeah, I I agree. It was. Uh, it was definitely the defensive mid- midfield's fault. You've got uh, tra- Travis and bad, bad footwork, and uh, we'll cover other goal as it goes uh, as, as we go down the road too. Um, but uh, yeah, I everything you guys have said just said was true. For sure. Well, and then so let's get into 
after that first goal, which of course you watch it and uh, yeah, we're going to get more music now. Um, it's very loud. Um, so you watch that first goal and you go, holy shit, this is going to be a terrible game for us because it's one mistake and you're going, this just, it, it kind of makes you feel like this is going to happen more and more and more. And we talked about this podcast before, guys, that if the team scores a goal before us, we can't come back. Our offense is so terrible yeah. that we can't come back, right? Exactly. And and we knew going in that this, is, this was going to be a tough match uh, because, you know, Minnesota, through nine games, had allowed eight goals. Well, yeah. guess what? Vancouver had only allowed seven goals. That's right. In yeah. fact, this it's hard to even see this in writing, but, like, when... The last prior goal that Vancouver had given up was to uh, Mender Garcia back in March 25th yep, yep. in Minnesota. They had gone four games without conceding four- a goal in MLS play. Now, yeah. it looks weird because they, in the span of those four games in MLS play, I think they were, uh, obviously Minnesota scored in this game, but they had gone 433 minutes. That's almost yeah. 26,000 seconds, guys. I mean, yeah. Just to, you know, make ridiculous, right? Bigger. But anyway, yeah, so Mender Garcia, now, the only the only reason it looks weird, I, I got out, I got a little out there, but is because they played LAFC twice, you know, home and home in yeah, the yeah. Uh, Champions League and yep. given up uh, three goals in yeah. those games. So it's, but that being said, in MLS play, they buttoned down. And so now you know that they're going to be a tough team to crack. And now you've already gifted them, yeah. a, gifted them a goal. And yep. now you're just, you're, you're uphill. The rest yeah. of the match, at least that's what you think. But it's uh, let's move on, guys, to the goal that we got. Well, I think we can't until we talk about. Well, we have to talk about Amory. Yes, yeah, yeah. In the 29th minute, and it was it was a weird one because uh, I was watching it. I don't know if you guys still were at this point, but yeah, basically you could see that they were getting Rosales up, and he was coming into the game. And yep. It was for Luis Amaria, and uh, live watching the match, it was a little confusing because. Uh, Amaria walked right off the field. He did. He didn't look injured. You could no. You you could tell though if you're looking. He, he wasn't limping. He was walking, but you didn't see it on his face. He was frustrated. But even then, yes. you couldn't be certain. You couldn't be certain that the substitution wasn't a tactical one. Mm-hmm. It obviously is unlike Pete substitute 29 minutes into a game. But you never does that. Looking at Amaria, you couldn't be sure that it wasn't tactical. Now, it, it, Keith came out after the game and said that uh, it was a groin ball, and so it was an injury. They, hopefully, it's not serious. They didn't want to make it worse. But yeah. I think that what that did was it forced uh, uh, something that a lot of fans wanted to see because when when Rosales came in, he came into the left wing yep. that pushed Franco into the center attacking middle, yep. and then guess who moved up to the number nine spot. That was the same bit. So, and I know a lot of us probably, Mm -hmm. and I know a lot of people, a lot of fans were kind of, hey, he's not a 10, he's not a 10, put him in at a forward. Well, we got our wish. We got to see that. And I think, you know, I I don't, I think it took thing been a little, uh, some time to warm up, warm into that role, so to speak, a little different from what he was used to playing, whether it's going to be his preferred spot moving forward or not. But it took him a little time because I think early parts of this game, he's relatively quiet. Uh, still good on his set pieces, like always. He's been good with the set pieces since he got here, but he really yeah. warmed into that nine position. And so, yeah, going forward, yeah, it's what we all wanted to see. So it was an unfortunate sub, and I think as we go through the rest of the game, especially the second half, this sub 
this on this fourth sub, the injury to Omri, it really sent shockwaves through the rest of the game. It really affected uh, how this was going to go. Because, of course, you're using one of your windows early, and unfortunately, that's where it was. But, uh, does it matter if he uses the window early? Because he never uses all his windows anyways. Well, normally <laughs> seriously. And maybe that's what he was thinking. I mean, but. Connor, have we seen him use all five windows before in a game? Well, it's three windows. Uh, it's very rare. That's the thing, Tony. I mean, I, I know you know, but it, it's five subs. Five, five, five subs. Five subs. Yeah, three, three windows. windows. You get three windows, the five subs. I mean, come on. So, I'm, he, no, he never uses five subs. No, I've he, seen him most use four. He doesn't. A little bit of foreshadowing I'm getting at. The point I'm getting at is he, he could have used, in my opinion, a third, another window and an opportunity to sub players yeah. off but later in the game. But it wasn't to be. I just think it's changed the game. And like I do agree 100% with what David said. I think it was starting to look like Luis was having a good game. They, you know, it was basically a continuation of, of last week, this week, or early in the game. I mean, he was subbed off so early in the plus 20 minute, but it yeah. did look like he was involved in the game. Mm-hmm. He had good hold up play. His distribution was good. I mean, this is the game Minnesota ended up passing, I think, 83%. Another back to back. You know, good passing and game. I think Amelia was a, a large part of that. So it just changed the game. It was what it is. But yeah, we'll move on. Yeah. So let's move on to our goal in the first half. That's a boxel goal. And that was off. I think that was off of a set piece, wasn't it, guys? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was again, really good service from Sang Ben. Um, and, you know, hey, you know, Boxel's got us, when our strikers, when our attacking players yep. are scoring goals, Boxel's got to say, didn't we joke like, was it, wasn't it just last week that Boxwell had at least a couple of key passes? the field quite a bit, yeah. Well, so this was a set piece, a little bit different. They used, he used his large body, and he was right in there. Um, this one, you know, talk about mistakes. I mean, uh, I, sorry, I don't have to, I can't think of the name of the goalie. Vancouver's goalie up the top of my head. Yeah. The Japanese but, international. Yeah. But, um, um, yeah. Taka Nao, or Taka Nao, or Taka I think his name is. Yeah. Something like that. Taco. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Anyways, but I, I feel like this one was kind of on him a little bit. He was unable to secure the ball. It, it almost like a goalkeeper error. But, hey, credit to Boxel being able to bang it around in there inside the Boxel. But he gets a big, and he gets his foot on there and scores. And so, hey, who would have guessed Boxel scoring goal for the Loons? I think it's the first in four years. Yep. You know, I don't know if you guys noticed this either, but on the way to him getting to the ball, he was helped by two white backs on the... Uh, uh, on the way there, just that, just when he was outside the six-yard box, he yep. uh, fought through being held by two white-cap defenders and then ran past another one to get yeah. to that ball. So great strength and, and fortitude by by Boxel to get to that ball. Yeah, it was uh, it was good. Uh, there was some, of course, a little bit of um, how do I put it? A little bit of uh, Vancouver was like, no, that wasn't a goal. He fouled. He he went through went through the defender something like that. They were a little bit upset about it, uh, but of course it was a goal. It was interesting, yeah, because both goals, Vancouver's goal, they looked at it because we should say, I mean, that was extremely Brian Weiss. I mean, it was extremely close to being offside. Yep. Uh, I think they looked at it because there was a significant delay, but I mean, he, it was very very close. And this one, I was a little unsure of what they were looking at. Honestly, after Bachmann, but it might maybe with the same thing. It could have been offsides or maybe a foul. But yeah, they looked at it, but I don't. I don't think there was any doubt that it would go on my face. But yeah, the, the equalizer. So, got it. Um, so guys, we're going to the half. Well, uh, on, before we go into the half, though, I want to point out that Dane St. Clair, right before the half, made up made an extremely good save. 
Yeah. Um, just point blank range. I don't know who shot the ball, but uh, okay. it, it was Brian White again. Was it Brian White yeah. again? Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Ah. Yeah, but he stuck out his legs and uh, made, I think it was within the six yard box. Just... Oh, yeah. It, I love, I mean, because Dane, yeah, the kick save was unbelievable. And you look at Brian White. Uh, faced. I mean, he's just, he couldn't believe it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Dan, and then I, I, I can't see it in my mind, but I think uh, just minutes later, I think, uh, Dane had to come out of the, out of the, out of the line to make another kind of save or intervention. Yep. And so it was just outstanding goalkeeping. That's why, I mean, I know Dave maybe made a comments about Dane. It's weird though, a game where you give up three goals, but I can sit here and say that Dane had a great game. I mean, this this match easily could have been 5-1, 5 Oh, yeah, definitely. Dane, Dane had a tremendous game for the most part. Really interesting that it came at BC Place in Canada. Of course, there's a chance that he could be playing for Canada in 2026 on that field. Potentially. Yeah. Wouldn't that be something? So, yeah. I, well, the, was, I think the first stringer was is, uh, is going to be too old when 2026 comes around. So it's going to be between him and Cripo, uh, I think. Yep. That are going for that first spot. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so yeah, and got that out of the way. Shout out to Dane St. Clair. Yeah, weird. You know, you you know, you end up losing the game 3 2. But yeah, Dane, tremendous saves in this one. And it, it is interesting because, you know, because of that back line, he hadn't been challenged a whole lot in the last few games. He really hadn't. Right. You know, even the games that they lost or tied, you know, it was like there was two shots on goal. And well, think about it. I mean, we tied against Dallas last week, but he still allowed no goals. It was a zero-zero draw, so he obviously did his job. Sorry, so, yeah, yeah. And just but the thing is, Dallas was kind of incompetent in that game. So I mean, he was really challenged in this game. And right. For the most part, he was up to it. Especially he kept he single-handedly kept Minnesota in this game uh, going into halftime. So I thought that was just incredible. Thanks, Connor, for bringing it up. Great point. Yeah. So we go into the. Halftime, guys. 1-1. One, one. Tied up, which is a good thing on the road, of course. Uh, and this is when I, I think I fell asleep for a while. Uh, I think I passed out. Uh, I did not see the next goal, which was in the 56th minute, right outside of the... It was actually it was the first 50, 50 seconds. It was, it, was just a, it was like five minutes after halftime. And this one... This one... I don't, this one bothers me. It, it was almost like our goal, where it banged around in the box a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, like, I agree with that. It just, it, okay, basically, I guess if you want to complain, and I guess we're here on, we're here on some podcasts at heavy rotation, so good as time today to complain. I guess I can explain a little bit. Um, unfortunately, uh, Taxi Lawrence, uh, he had an opportunity to clear the ball. He got his head on the ball, just, it, it just, it, it didn't, he didn't get, I think he could have done better, a lot better with clearance. He didn't clear the ball. It stayed, I mean, it stayed in the box, more or less. And then, I guess, essentially, there was, there was some really bad marking, basically, in general. Yeah. So, yeah. I know I said earlier that the defense, we both said the defense had a pretty good game. And I guess if you want to say, this is the one moment where maybe the defense kind of let us down with the bad clearance and the bad marking. It ultimately led to the goal. Yeah. And Because you can't really put that one on Dan either, I think. I you can't put it on Dan, and it's definitely not a uh, trap's calling there, a trapper or lid. And so, yeah, I, I think you're 100% right. Um, and then, of course, uh, we hope that Brian White's okay because he fell over a little injured after that one. Yes, he did. Um, so he went down off the, off the field. Yeah. So, he, Brian White, safe recovery. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He had to come out of the game, you know, like you said, Connor. And uh, 
Yeah, he kind of got the worst of a collision with Danny, basically. They were right. They were both going to the ball. It looks like it was a knee collision, wasn't it? Yeah, so I think Jane's knee must have got him somewhere. I don't know. So maybe, hopefully, you know, best case scenario is to continue from that he can recover from pretty quickly. It was a heavy contact, heavy collision. Um, and, you know, I think I think Dane was complaining that it was a foul on Brian White, but really... It was a contested ball. I didn't think we had any faith there. Right. Really, they lost that gold stand, unfortunately. So, yeah, just when you fought so hard to get even. Like, yeah. I don't know what happened. All right, we're back. All right, we're back. I see. Yeah, I was going to say, I saw it. Yeah, hopefully that's Yeah, good. sorry. It, that's, uh, so the two goals you scored, guys, I didn't see those two goals. That Oh, no, these were, I'm sorry. That Vancouver scored. Yeah. So the next one was... 56 minutes. Yeah. Now, this one is another one of uh, what he could call comical, the schoolyard kind of play. And uh, yeah, it was really a shame because this one, oh, it just, I, I love Lude, but man, he didn't have his best game. He had moments in attack, but this was another one uh, kind, of, kind of like in the same vein as what Traff did. It was, uh, her, you, it's comical. That's a perfect word. Thanks, Heath, because that's what it was. It was, Lude was attempting a back cast to the back lines. And it was terrible. It was horrible. It's like, he was, I don't know how to describe it other than to, he wasn't into it. He wasn't trying. And it was just, it was a really light, his touch was way too light. The ball didn't have anywhere near enough pace on it. So it was a back pass. That's what it was. And clearly it was easily intercepted. And then, of course, Simon Betcher, who scored the goal uh, back when Vancouver played in Minnesota at, right. at the death. That's right. Well, so Betcher comes on for uh, Brian White and scores like four minutes later, thanks to Robin Lud's disastrous back pass. And it was just, that was a killer because now it's 3-1 and you're like, oh boy, here we go. Yeah. But yes, so those goals are so frustrating because it does seem like at least the two of them, you know, they were gifts. And uh, yeah, really frustrating. Um, I'm going to say though, okay, we're 3-1 in this game now. And I had complained recently, whether it was last week or this week before, that, you know, you know, the the the, the loons kind of seemed to give up. Well, they didn't quite do that. No, not they still played. In fact, they played almost they played really well, I thought, going you know, for the majority of the second half after that moment on. From that moment on. Yeah. 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 So that was refreshing to see. And we because we have seen that from this club both, you know, parts of this year and Basically, all of last year, or fighter, the fighting team. I feel like that's what they did uh, yesterday. Right. Well, I mean, anything you guys want to talk about after that goal before we get to our goal, which I woke up for, by the way? <laughs> oh, boy. Um, no, there's nothing really did happen, did it? No, pretty close. It's fifth minute, so yeah, there's only like nine minutes. Yeah, there's only like. Yeah. But I woke up just in time to watch. Uh, Sang Bin get his uh, first goal as a loon. Yeah. With a nice uh, pass from Robin Lud. I was just going to say, maybe Robin Lud kind of redeemed himself because, mm -hmm. yeah, he threaded the needle. It was a really beautiful did. pass. And you could see his soccer IQ is way up there. He's, he knew what he was doing all along. He saw Sang Bin and credit Sang Bin for getting into the right spot. Uh, you know, behind the behind the line. And, uh, yeah, he just had plenty of space and just tucked us in. No problem. But, yeah. So fun to see Sang Ben get his first, you know, get his first goal for the club. And yeah, nice also to see Robin Lud kind of make up for it. But yeah, fun. right. Awesome. And then also, hey, we got a game, you know, and there's there's plenty of game left. It was at 65th minute. So yeah, you got maybe who did uh, 
added time, you got a half hour left. So, and, and at that point, like I said, we both said that, you know, the team's starting to play better. So, hey, that's it kind of woke me up a little bit. I was away from the whole match, but it yeah. was great to see. It really was. Of course you were. Right. Well, with the whole match. <laughs> of course you were, Dave. Yeah. Of course you were. Because I, uh, I, I mean, I didn't see the whole match. I saw highlights that uh, told me that for the rest of the match, Minnesota were the better team. Well, they were. They were. I, I was up for the rest of the game after that, and, what, and they looked. They looked good. Yeah. I mean, they, they had some opportunities. Um, I, I don't think that. Uh, I think Vancouver was on their uh, back foot a lot on some of these things, and uh, we had chances. We had yeah. chances to tie this game. A couple things. A couple things. We did. We absolutely did. And. Uh, I know for the longest time, well, I sh- we should say, okay, so immediately after the goal, we uh, brought Brett Coleman in, and then uh, Mender. Mender Garcia came and in for Frank Pani and Pani along with. So at that point, it was really interesting because essentially the team uh, switched formations into a 3 5 2 at that point. Yeah. And uh, that, I mean, I think from that, I mean, maybe that was part of the spark that we had. You know, getting plenty of chances, like you said, Sony, that mm-hmm. three five two kind of thing to work. So yep. another thing that we can talk about, hey, hope and wish for whether not gonna happen. Know. Yeah, not gonna happen. But um yeah, and you you said again, the other thing I want to say just generally if we before we get into anything more specific is chances. And I Mender Garcia. Mm, boy. I think it was the seventy first minute and yeah. oh my god. That is it. Yeah. You know, T- DJ Taylor sent a ball in and it was like and Leonard Garcia was right there. I mean, perfect first time. You can't have any better opportunity. And it was, it was just. I I want to just pull my hair out. I, I I he just basically overran the ball, or he didn't. He just didn't. He didn't. He should have just. Connor, you like to say one time that I mean it was a brilliant opportunity. Not How? the tough ball to one one time, but yeah. uh, but if, uh, that first touch was absolutely perfect. Uh, he brought it down. He managed to get it under control. Uh, hats off to the goalkeeper because he did close him down very well, but uh, there was some room, I think, for where Mender could have chipped it over the goalkeeper, and and not with that much power, to be honest, uh, and just uh, put put it in, made it three three. But uh, he chose to go to the ground, and that's where the goalkeeper was. So yeah. it was the wrong choice by Mender Garcia. Yeah. Um, of course, to split the second decision. Uh, so. I mean, there's not a lot of time to make the choices, but nope. he, he made the wrong one. Yeah, and yeah. it's just so frustrating because I know uh, at least as of a couple of weeks ago, there were so many people, you know, calling for, you know, Mender to start over Amaria. You know, he, he had started, and there was a huge debate. Oh, get Amaria out there, get Amaria out there, you know, put in Mender. Well, you know, Mender has had his moments, you know, you know, getting behind the back line. That's what he does. He's had success, of course, you know, against Dallas. He was outside. I think yeah. all three of them. Yeah. But he can be dangerous. We know that. But like all of our strikers right now, maybe with the exception of Zang Ben, who actually scored in this one, uh, we have a problem finishing. And so it's, that was my moment in this game. Uh, just just when, when Mender missed that great opportunity, it just it was deflating. It really was. And then credits to Minnesota, they didn't quit. But... It was rough. And I don't know. I'll, I'll keep going, but uh, uh, substitution Dotson came on for trap. Um, I hardly even noticed that one, in my opinion. I don't know if you guys saw anything. But um, I think the biggest moment, and I touched on it earlier, was uh, when was it? Um, oh, it was 82nd minute. And this is when Sang Ben looked like he was significantly injured. It looked like Sang Ben might have had a hamstring or something. Yeah. He was, he was rubbing his calf. 
Yeah. Uh, looked like he actually went off for a moment and switched uh, his shin pads. Oh, sure. It was, I don't know if it was just the time that he was able to get off, yep. swap those out, but he seemed to be running fine at that point. But we'll yeah. see. But yeah, that that was the point I was saying. But at that point, they had used all three windows because Dotson just came on for track. So now, just minutes later, saying Ben looks injured, seriously yeah. injured. Yeah. It did not look good. It looked terrible. Yep. And but they had no choice. They but to either take him off or keep him on because they were out of sub windows. So that was another moment. I was like, oh boy. You know, unfortunately, the early sub draw Maria, not much you can do about it. Yeah, but yeah, it's uh, again, guys, let's just finish this up because everybody knows what happened. Uh, we lose, lose this game three to two in Vancouver. One more uh, piece. They nearly won it. They, they near, no, they nearly tied it up. Just, no, they, just like Vancouver in Minnesota. I yep. I think they got a more or less. The last touch of the game was from Sang Ben. Yep. Uh, he curled the balls. It was a good shot. Oh, my. It was. It, yep. looked, it looked great. I think the whole bench got up, and mm-hmm. from their angle, it probably looked like it went in because it was inches away. I don't think the keeper is saving that if it's an entire uh, game. No, no, no. no. Yeah. And it was inches away from the upper upper corner of the goal. Yeah. Was, uh, you could see Sang Ben, he just fell to the ground because he knew he was that close. You know what, Dave? Shoulda, woulda, coulda, didn't. That's 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 the no. motto for this team this year. It really has, and you know, it's a, it's like so many chances that we just haven't been able to capitalize on. That's right. And a thing, not just for this season, but for the last few seasons as well. Yeah. We've had trouble scoring goals, and you know, I've also noticed that we've been saying another phrase uh, a little bit more often, is and that is that we have been looking like the better team in most yeah. of the matches, but we can't fucking score. That's right. So yeah. it's yeah. it's becoming a theme, and we're sick of that. Yeah, and this yeah. So this game was frustrating in a different way. I mean, was, yeah, we have tr- we actually scored multiple goals that hadn't happened in quite a while, and yep. it rarely happens. Like I mentioned earlier in the last, you know, basically last sixteen uh, games. So they actually score a couple goals. Looked like they could have scored a couple more. Right. Frustrating yep. in a different sense because we, they just had those mistakes. It's not yeah. led to the goals, uh, right. Vancouver's goals, and so it's frustrating in a different way. But it, it, same same results. So now, what are we here? Winless in the last five, five and five, something like that. Yeah. Points yeah. yeah. against Dallas. Yeah. So it, it's, it's it's a tough stretch here. Maybe it'll get easier in league play next weekend against Kansas City. We'll talk about that later. Yep. We'll see. Well, we got two games coming up this week, guys. We'll talk about those after the break. We make some predictions. Uh, we got uh, Connor's uh, soccer history, and we got a funny story. All right. Let's come back to you from uh, heavy rotation in just one minute. And we are back here at Heavy Rotation Brewing Company in lovely Brooklyn Park. We got some more beers that we're drinking. Um, Dave, what'd you get? Well, I had to go with another one of their award winners, so I ended up trying their London Calling, and that's their uh, English Dark Mild, so technically, I guess, a brown ale, but it actually won second place in that category for brown ale, so, and I gotta say, this one, it look, it's a it's a dark beer, um, but it's extremely light, it's only 4%, so that makes it uh, relatively easy drinking, I don't know about you guys, but every time I see a dark beer, I kind of think, I used to think, oh, that's going to be heavy, that's going to be hard to drink. But no, it, it's actually really smooth, really mild flavors for a brown ale. So, yeah, it's it's very, 
you know, and it's more of a sipper, even though it's only 4%, you can kind of sip on it. So yeah, really delicious beer. Well, nice. looking at it now, actually, uh, I'm, I'm looking at it. And I, you're right, it is a nice beer, but you can almost see through it. Kind of. It's uh, it, it's not super super, but I can like you can you can see the light shining through it quite a bit. Yeah, it's it's not a Guinness, you know. I mean, I guess an English dark mild. I don't know. Maybe in the past I've had beers in that category, but uh, I can't think of any off the top of my head. So it's really unique. Four percent, just easy drinking light. I mean, for a light beer, it's great. Nice. Oh, next, so I've got the Sheesh, which is a theolized hazy IPA, and that means a bitter, moderately strong American pale ale that uses its clean supporting malts with to showcase its pop character. That's what that's what. Mean? I'm guessing it. Theolized. I went down a rabbit hole, I think, last time you and I were here, Tony. Yeah. You and I were here, Tony. And uh, yeah, I, I'm not going to pull it up now. But yeah, there, there is a special meaning for it. Maybe I'll pull it up while you guys are talking about your. That sounds really good. I mean, it is tasty. It is tasty. A little bit uh, heavy, though. I mean, it's 7.2%. So uh, yeah, probably my last one today. Okay, uh, Connor, what do you got? Well, I know mine's going to be my last one today because I went with the heavy lean. Nice. Is, uh, they only pour it in 10 ounces because it's a hazy triple IPA. It's thick, juicy, and hoppy, and it's 10%. So this will definitely be my last year of the, uh, the days. But I think I want to get a growler of that realized one bring home. There you go. That one's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, it's good. It's juicy. It's, uh, it's a lot like the one uh, that I had in the first half of the podcast, the, uh, the Mad Villain. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very good. And um, would highly recommend. All right. So, let's move on, guys. Some predictions for next week's games. We have Blake and Sam here. They're going to make predictions with us because David's not here. And well, David made predictions on. He did text me, so we'll we'll tell you his here in a second. But we'll go around the horn. We'll start with Connor. Connor, give me your prediction for. Is it Wednesdays or Tuesday? Tuesday. Tuesday's game against Philly for U.S. Open Cup. Yep, and uh, I will be there that night for the game. I'm so excited. Uh, I think we win, uh, guys. I, I, Philly's, a, Philly's obviously a good team. They've been a great team for the last couple of years. Uh, but at home, I think we win. I think we, uh, that U.S. Open Cup is going to be a beacon of light for us again this year. So uh, I think we uh, – that obviously depends on who Adrian Deep is going to play in this game, but I think we're going to win 2-1. All right. Uh, Give it up to Blake over here. Blake's first time on the podcast. Welcome, Blake. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. Um, so, Blake, what's your prediction for Tuesday's game against Philadelphia? Philadelphia, again, since they just got knocked out in the Camp Champions League, they're going to be pretty upset about that. They're going to put their full court in the cop. People will go out on PKs. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we score one against them, but they're not too superior. Three seasons, so I'm guessing one one. But I don't know. Minnesota, Kansas. I mean, it's pretty obvious that Grash is here. It's a way, I think. Yep. I think they'll score enough. I know they only scored three goals, but I think they're starting to leak a little bit. I'm thinking we'll win that three to one. All right. Hey, give it back to Connor. Watch you. Blake said it, so we'll go, go ahead with Casey. We'll go with Casey. Um, yeah, I think we win that one too. I think uh, Casey, of course, 
Did they win this past weekend? I'm not sure. I, I don't know if they won. Did they score a goal this past weekend? That's a good question. No, uh, they're still winning. I think they play today, actually. They play today, okay. So, yeah, they. I think their record right now is 0 7 and 3. At least we're not Casey. That's all I was Yeah, they, they play in Seattle this afternoon, so that's going to be a dumb one. And I think we're winning too. I think uh, I think we're going to get a win in KC. It's going to be a three. Uh, I think you're right, Blake. I think uh, KC will score on us. Uh, but we're going to. I I like your prediction of three one. I think I'm going to go go with that. All right, Dave. Well, it'll it'll be interesting. I think we're going to see a heavy rotation on Tuesday night against Philly. Oh, nice, Dave. Uh, nice, see what nice, I get there. Dave. Anyways, nice. Yeah, and it's really so. It's really unknown. I mean, especially with you know. Uh, Amaria getting injured. I suppose we'll, we'll probably see a lot of Mender. Maybe I would think get the start. It's I'm not going to go through the lineup. Obviously, we're going to see rotation. I'm going to be optimistic. Uh, it's hard to predict a home win considering Minnesota hasn't done that this year. But I'm going to do it. I'm going to be optimistic. I'm going to go. I'm going to go two nil. Clean sheet at home in front of the supporters and sing Wonderwall. So two nil Philly. That's optimistic. I know, but that's just me. And then yeah, want continue on that trend. Going down to Kansas City next Saturday, I, I don't see I don't see Kansas City turning turning the ship around now. So let's go three one in Kansas City. So back to back multiple it'll be back to back to back games with multiple goals scored for Minnesota. Let's go. The stretch, Dave. That's a stretch. It's a stretch. Yeah. So I'll say what David uh, predicted. He says we're going to lose the Open Cup three to one to Philly, and he says that we. Draw SKC 2-2. Um, you went the other route. Pessimist route. <laughs> well, that's David, though. He's bad David. Uh, I'm going to say that the Open Cup guys, I don't... It's Philly. Uh, tough. It's at home. I'm going to say we win 2-1 to one against Philly at home on Tuesday. And uh, I think against SKC, I think we break out. I'm going to make it 4-0. Uh, a win. Against SKC. Well, I hope you're right, Sony. Yeah. Most of us are laughing at you, but <laughs> I don't care. I'm bold with my predictions. Thank you. Right. And then finally, we got Sam here from uh, Pot of New Loons. And uh, first time Sam's been on the podcast. Yeah. I mean, we've been on your, we've technically been on your podcast, haven't we? You have. And David's been on twice. So. Yeah, David's been on twice. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. This will be the smallest crowd we've had at Allianz Field all season long. Football's <laughs> a cruel mistress. We haven't been able to sing Wonderwall yet at Allianz Field. So I'm guessing with the smallest crowd we've had all season, that'll be when we finally get to sing Wonderwall. That would make sense. And then since Sporting Kansas City hasn't been doing really anything all season, they will finally put it together against us. So we will beat Philly. We will lose to Sporting Kansas City. <laughs> oh, that is my... That is my... Right? The... The football gods just want to give us funny things to talk about. Prediction. Sam. Have it. Come on. You can't come on this podcast ever again, Sam. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're wait, terrible. Wait until I'm... I, I don't, I'm not thinking I want to do it. You know, I didn't have, have any actual analysis uh, to make those predictions other than just... You know, yeah. every once in a while, God just has a sense of humor. And That's right. That's right. That would be the funniest thing to have happen. It would. It would. Yeah. It's, you're right, Sam. To tell you the truth, having beat Philly and then lose to SKC would be the funniest shit. Yeah. Ever. I almost think you might have those uh, might have those results uh, flipped around there. 
better than Sam. I want, I want to say that Philly, uh, Philly are the better team than Sporting KC. So I, I thought you might have those flipped around a little bit. That wouldn't be as funny. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. No, we're we're going for human. That makes sense. We're going for, that makes going for laughs. Yeah. <laughs> so we get we got it all. We got optimism, pessimism, yeah. humor, and just I don't know. We do. Uh, well, great, great predictions, guys. Uh, thanks to Blake and Sam for being on the podcast. We have some lovely parting gifts for you. No, we really don't actually. We do actually. I got a button. We got a button. What is it? Drinking right now. Ah, good question. I didn't get that one. The, yeah. So yeah, Blake had the farmer farmer Frank's cream ale like I had in yeah. the first half of the pod. Can't go wrong. And I I got the Irish stout. I think it's called the drunken something. Drunken. Yeah. Drunken. I, uh, yeah, I know. Shot. Basically, the Irish stout. It's a rich and velvety brew, a dark and mysterious liquid that beckons to you. Its creamy head is like a cloud of foam, a tantalizing sight that'll make you feel at home. Drunk, Very nice. And that's yeah. the uh, drunken lullabies, by the way. Drunken lullaby, yeah. There you go. Well, good. Yeah. It's, again, it's great to have uh, Sam out here and Blake. I know Justin couldn't make it because Justin's uh, is not feeling great today. Yeah. Which is fine. But we'd love to have him on at some point. And, we, of course, we've talked about having this Supercast podcast. And sometime we'll figure it all out. Pot on the lunacy cast. It's the pot on ah. well, There you go. Yeah, the pot on the lunacy cast. I like that. Got it. Someday we'll get it all worked out. But again, we've been just like switching off. So been on his podcast, been on our podcast, it's been back and forth, and someday we'll get it all worked out. So uh up next we got some uh, soccer history from Connor. Uh got a couple of games to talk about. So let's get my calendar up here. It is quite bright out here, so the my computer screen is shining back in my eyes a little bit. Uh, here we go. So we're here. It's uh, May 7th of 2023 until this year. This year, this day, this month. We're going to go with, so we're going to go back to, I think we already did, I think I did one for May 1st. So yep. we're going to start with May 2nd when I believe I have a new team name here, guys. What? When the Thunder... Played to a nil-nil draw and lost a shootout at the Toronto Lynx. Is that a new one? I don't I'm pretty is. sure it is. I haven't heard of the Lynx. Now is it Lynx like Lynx like like, Elvis, Minnesota, Lynx. like Minnesota Lynx? Yeah. Really? All right. Uh, and that was uh, 1999, uh, May 2nd. So we're gonna go with next. Okay. Um, I think I've used this one before, but it's been a while. 1981, May 3rd. We're gonna go with the the kicks win a shootout. After playing to a 3-3 draw against the Montreal Manica. I don't, again, I don't get some of these team names, by the way. That is, that's a very good. I don't know where Manic came from. Yeah. That's, that's weird. And then, uh, oh, you'll like this one, Tony. 1986, May 4th. Strikers win game four of the semifinal playoffs, 7-3, and they win the series 3-1 uh, against two. The Cleveland Seamers? The Cleveland Force. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Um, and that, by the way, advanced them to the indoor soccer championship that year in 1986. You said win the series, and I think I've asked you this before. They're playing multiple game yeah, so playoff the, series. The, the indoor soccer league back in the 80s, they played in the semifinals and I think the quarterfinals as well. They played to a five game series. Yeah. And, um, then in the, in the final, they would play a seven game, game series. So uh, once again, I'd like to mention that the strikers came to my elementary school back in the day. 
They strike three? came to my elementary school back in the day. Oh, that's right. They yeah. did. So I was in like second grade. They came, the strikers came to my elementary school. I think uh, what is his name? Uh, the uh, the uh, the goalkeeper. Uh, starts with an M. He's Italian. Can't think of his name. G- yeah, it's, G- it's a Gino. Uh, can't think of his name. Yeah, we've got our resources coming out here. Yeah, we're, we're looking it up. Yeah, but came to my. How much school? It was uh, Gino something. He was the Italian uh, goalkeeper for the Strikers back in the day, and they played indoors. Nice. Remember seeing those guys? I was like, "This is fantastic." That's why I started. That's actually when I started playing soccer. Second grade. Did they play in the Met Center? Section? They did. They, they did, did. play in the Met Center. Yeah, that's right. right. Well, they tore that bad boy down. Um. All right. Then we've got. Uh, May 5th, 2000, when the Thunder won their season opener in overtime 2-1 at the El Paso Patriots. I don't think the El Paso is Patriots. I don't think so either. Yeah. They're, they're, they're the UTEP Miners down yeah, there. Yeah, exactly right. The Miners. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we've got... Okay, 2000. Thunder win 3-2 against, uh, on May 6th against the San Diego Flash. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry, Tino Letteri. Tino Letteri. Tino Letteri. Yeah. Thanks, Blake, for looking at that. Thought it was Gino, but it's Tino. Letteri. Pretty close. Pretty close. Because of course that was. It's so- funny because that's that's actually um, he is married to um, uh, Minnesota Wild. Uh, actually, Dallas, Dallas, or no, uh, Dallas. Minnesota North Stars former GM. Uh, what's the name? He does all the high school stuff. Guy, can't think of his name. Oh, I'm having trouble. Lou. With Lou uh, Lou, uh, Lou Nanny. Uh, Tino is married to Lou Nanny's daughter. No kidding. Oh, wow. Yes. That's what I know. All right. Well, I wonder what he's doing nowadays, then. Who? Uh, Tino? Yeah. I have no idea. That's, that's, I wonder if he's helping out Lou Nanny with something. Could be. Yeah. I don't know. That'd be pretty cool. And then we've got today, May 7th, 2017. I was at this game. United won 2-0 against, guess who? Sporting Kansas City. There you go. You know, we were talking about in the text chain uh, earlier this week um, about how we basically copy and paste our schedule every year. We do. Like in 2018, we had uh, Vancouver Whitecaps at about this time uh, a year. And then again, uh, we've got Sporting Kansas City uh, on May 7th, who is coming up just next week. Yeah, exactly. I'm pretty sure that's what they do it. Well, now with San San Diego coming in, though, we're going to change things up. Well, San Diego is is a this is pretty much a definite. Is is it a definite yeah. now? Okay. Yeah. And the 30th, for those who don't know, the thirtieth franchise coming in is going to be the San Diego Loyal. Is it the Loyal, right? No, hold on a second. They don't know what they're doing with the Loyal yet. Oh, okay. Because it's not like the Loons, where they moved up. They don't know what they're doing with that yet. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. It was kind of, wasn't it kind of like, uh, from a Minnesota standpoint, wouldn't it be kind of like, you know, when the Wilfs were kind of looking into being that MLF franchise here? So they don't know. Totally a new type of deal. And then, yeah, you brought the schedule, Connor. And correct me if I'm wrong, and I could be wrong. It just, it's like in the first 10 games here, Minnesota has played Vancouver twice already, home and away, and they played, uh, Dallas home and away. Is that normal in the first 10 games of the season? Uh, Play two teams home and away? That's normal because I, I know it was like in I, I do remember in our in the liberal year at Lambs Field, uh, we played Dallas pretty late in the season, um, and then of course COVID came in and threw the whole schedule off balance. But uh, um, 
you know what? That's that's a good question. I don't know. That's that's a very good question. Yeah, it's um, interesting to have thirty teams in this league to see. Like, we'll have actual like fifteen teams on each side now. A nice round number. Nice round number. So, and supposedly, well, I guess I'm I'm upset that Las Vegas is not in there. I thought for sure Las Vegas would be the team. It would be nice to see, but it would have been it would have been the Las Vegas Lights, right? The, something like that, yeah. yeah the, but I think they're going to go to thirty-two teams. I really believe that. I certainly hope they do. Yeah, yeah, they will. Yeah, I actually had tickets to the Las Vegas Lights versus RSL match two weeks ago, but I couldn't U.S. Open Cup, but I couldn't make it. So. Oh, well, guess who was actually have season? Did you have actually tickets? I had tickets, that, but I didn't. Cool. I, I didn't end up going. Is the problem? Yeah. Guess who's playing in Las Vegas this year, though? Minnesota Vikings. Ah. They're going to the Raiders? Yes, they are. I don't need an excuse to go to Vegas, but that'd be a good one. I think we should go. Yeah. I don't think the Packers are playing. I don't think the Packers are playing this year. I think the, uh, the Raiders come to, yeah. uh, um, to Green Bay. Maybe, mm-hmm. If they do play. That's right. Which I think they do. All right. Well, thanks, Connor, for that uh, little history. Before we get out of here, one funny story to, guys to talk about you guys. And, that, and it's funny that I'm bringing it up because it's from Germany. And our friend Johnny is in Germany right now. Uh, Johnny, he's great. He just flew to Germany. Just flew to Germany, so he's there with his family, having a good time. And so he'll appreciate us talking about him on the podcast. This is not him, though. This is not. This is not him. <laughs> Are you sure? I'm pretty sure it's not. Okay. Uh, from Germany, man rescued from woods after a sex game goes awry. Wait, uh, read that again. I'm sorry, I didn't. I didn't that. Man rescued from woods after a sex game goes awry. Sex game? Yeah. Okay. German police say a 51-year-old man was left tied up in the woods when a sex game went awry at a lucky escape after a cyclist and a hunter heard his screams for help. Police said the man was discovered fully dressed but firmly bound with ropes and a pantyhose over his head atop a deer hunting platform near the town of Buchberg late Wednesday. In a statement Friday, police said the man appeared to have been tied up by a woman he met online. Well, that's a bad. That's a bad idea. Are we sure this is a game? I don't think it was a game. I wonder. After she had done so, the woman received a phone call and fled, leaving the man behind in a helpless state. So <laughs> she ties the dude up on a deer stand. Maybe, and that's, skip, that's, maybe that's what gets her off. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, he was a uh, 51-year-old offset, told officers he had a box cutter for on him for such situations, but seemed to have under underestimated the woman's bondage skills. Because he was unable to reach the knife. <laughs> the man was unharmed and refused to. Uh, We're saying goodbye now. Bye, Sam. Bye, Sam. See you later, buddy. The man was unharmed, unharmed, and refused to provide information about the woman's identity. Of course, they opened an investigation. So, this dude was like tied up in a deer stand by some woman he went out, met online. She got a phone call and then left. I mean, <laughs> I mean, what happened? What you, the hell? You, you got to figure that happens a lot here in Minnesota. Well, I don't know about that. You just don't hear about it. We have you a lot of know what happens on on the Iron Range. We have a lot of deer stands, but I never heard that happen. <laughs> I mean, seriously. <laughs> I mean, that's the best story we've had on this in a while. In a while. Yeah, it's been a while since yeah. it gets really. Like that. And how embarrassing too! He was prepared. He had the box cutter. The box cutter. Yeah. He was ready. Yeah, the bondage. No, he was ready for the bondage, but. Unfortunately, <laughs> I couldn't get to the box cutters. 
So uh, where, where did she, where did she hide the box cutter then? I well, he must have had it on his person. Yeah, somewhere in the right. pocket. But he was. But I'm thinking that she tied him up so good that he couldn't reach it. So he was so, prepared for this. So she took a call. Yeah. Who was on the other end of this call? We don't know. Had, uh, we don't know. Run off to all oblivion. Maybe a better. Maybe somebody who wanted to pay her more money. Because he met her online. Then make meet her online. So this is actually was he paying her money? This has got to be a pay. That's why you didn't want to talk. But this has got to be a pay for type of deal, right? It has I mean, to. Be. I would think so. Definitely. So he met her online. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But of course, then she probably got somebody to pay even better. Some guy in the line is like, "I'll pay you double," and she's like, "Oh, I'm I'm out. See you later. Bye bye. Bye. Have fun. Leave you tied to the street. Yeah. yeah. Here's the a box cutter. See if you can reach it. And if you can yeah. reach it. You can take back all the money. Oh, well, would have been nice of the lady not just leave, but like, here's your box cutter. At least leave. untie the dude. Yeah, no kidding. You know, I mean, why not? Just, yeah, use the box cutter to cut the rope to her tape yeah. or whatever. Something like that. Yeah. We'll give him a cell phone. You know, maybe. I don't know. But yeah, so uh, if you're looking for service in the uh, Germany area, I was gonna say, but that's what the Germans are up to. Please, uh, please bring a box cutter that you can reach. You know, chimney Christmas. Oh boy, Johnny, if you're hearing this while you're in Germany, don't call anybody online for this service, especially, <laughs> yeah, especially not someone who includes box cutter in their in their description. Oh yeah, don't do it. Yeah. All right, guys. So good podcast, guys. First podcast. At a local brewery in a long time. Well, it's been, I think, over a year, I think. Well, we did the one in uh, in uh, Miami. That's right. That's right. We did. Yeah. Fort Lauderdale, actually. Yeah. Did that one. And uh, we haven't done a one here since David left. And that's been two years. So it's been a while. Yeah. And uh, I hope things went well. I'll be doing some editing on this, and we'll see how it plays out. I think we looked it up. I mean, uh, we had, uh, I think it was, was it January 2021, we were at Alloy Brewing. We were at Alloy, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Then, right. That's right. And then yeah. you, Tony, you and David did one at Ayer, I believe. Yep, we did Ayer. Yep. That, but that would have been mid, or like, maybe summer 2021. Yep, yeah. Okay. It's been a couple of years, so hopefully it went well. Yeah. Um, what a great day for Great you. day. We'll get out to a couple more this uh, this summer, and goes well we have to do some in the winter time and uh get this back and going so yeah I, i've missed this this has been so great it's yeah. uh it's been great to get back out to brewery thank you heavy heavy rotation once again yes thanks heavy rotation for having us out here uh, it's been fantastic uh our first finger didn't go off like they wanted to but uh you know yeah. it is what it is the pull tabs are great the yeah. beers are great well, the pull tabs were not great they we don't well like yeah <laughs> We lost. Been bad pulled that weekend. Bad pulled that. Myself, Tony, for Dave, Connor, Blake, and Sam. We'll talk to you guys next week. Go Loon. Go Loons. Go Loon. Go Loon.